I'm 13. And it's fucking hot. It's really hot. I'm just north of Broken Hill in January in New South Wales where the average January highs are 37 degrees. I'm bumping along, sitting in the back of my dad's four-wheel drive. It's a Nissan Patrol. Now, all dad's mates have got Toyota Land Cruisers. And he's really sort of proud of the point of difference that he's got a patrol and he's always sort of telling me, he's always repeating himself and telling me that he's got a patrol because, you know, they're, they're more reliable and rah 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 and But really, even at that age, I knew it was just because he couldn't afford a fucking Land Cruiser. Um, and so there we are, you know, flying along through the dust. It's red, it's hot. And I, f- I hate air cons, you know, I hated the air con and I just kept trying to wind the window down and his wife at the time, you know, she didn't want me sticking my head out the window like a bloody, you know, canine. And <laughs> so I'm in the back and I'm hot and trying to listen to dad but not doing a good job. He's telling me about this place we're going, which is called Mudawinji Gorge. And he's telling me that, about this old artist and activist bloke whose name was Badger that he'd represented in court a few years before and how him and his mob were, um, were trying to, looking to in the future, make a, a native title claim on this, on this place that we were going today. And I was sort of like, you know, having the I hate you stepmom thoughts and trying to get my head back in the window and all this. And again, it's just stupidly hot and it's just dust and you can feel it in your nose. It's all you can smell. You know, you get that lining in the back of your throat of just that, that really fine red desert dust. Um, feels like you've had a big night on the Coke. Um, so, of course, as we sort of pull up and it starts getting sandier and sandier along the track. We pull up to this crest, approaching this crest, and at the top of the crest there's this, you know, big yellow temporary on the side of the road sign that says, you know, four-wheel drive access only, deep sandy bog, only four-wheel drive vehicles can pass. Do not pass. Do not attempt to cross without a four-wheel drive. So, of course, as the story goes out in the desert, we get over the rise... And there, in the bottom of the bog, sandy, gross, there's not any thickets, there's no grass, there's nothing, it's just this deep sandy bog. There's this old Holden Commodore sitting right in the middle with a couple of dudes sitting on the bonnet, looking like they were ready to die and had accepted their fate. (laughs) So we pull up and Dad gets out his brand new snatch strap and was really proud and he's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the right. I'm going to get these guys out of here in my, in my Nissan Patrol. It's reliable. It's cheap. It's reliable. And, you know, sets up the snatch strap and you know that thing when you're trying to pull someone out of a bog and you feel it starts kicking and it's pulling and pulling and... Pop! And, of course, the snatch strap breaks. And that's the only one we've got. We're fine, you know, but these poor buggers are stuck still in the middle of the ditch. And then they arrive. Doesn't matter who they are, really, but you know what they're driving, don't you? (laughs) Over the hill, 
comes this flashy white big fucking troop carrier Toyota Land Cruiser. <laughs> and you could just see Dad's face. Like he just, like he visibly sunk, you know, like he melted. The heat, like he was an icy pole. He melted his poor little soul. His ego, such an egotistical man, he just couldn't handle it. Anyway, but he, because he's so egotistical, he had to put up on a brave face. And anyway, this car pulls up and out jumps this really flashy-looking, beautiful young woman. And, and then this old bloke gets out of the back of the car. And he's got a big cowboy, big black cowboy hat on. And he just tips his hat and looks at Dad and goes, David? And Dad's like, Badger? <laughs> and... There he was. And so Badger goes into the back of the troopy and pulls out this big heavy-duty chain, like a, a chain, guys, like a strap. Like recovery gear shouldn't be made out of cotton. <laughs> you need a chain, okay? And he hooks up the chain and in three seconds he's... The, the Land Cruiser just did its job. It's reliable. It's not cheap, but it's reliable. And, you know, the, the, the Holden's out of there and off they go. And then Badger's like, oh, what, what are you mob up to? Where are you, where are you going? And Dad's like, oh, you know, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, we're just, um, just going to check out Gooch. So, you know, just in my patrol with my son. Oh, it's just in the patrol. God. Check out Wingy Gorge, mate. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to show these two. These people are a journalist and a photographer from the City Morning Herald, and they're doing a little travel piece. So we drive out to the gorge. And this place, it's one of the most beautiful, spiritually rich and present places I've ever been in my life. You can feel it as you walk through the gorge, through the sand, which is an old dry riverbed, and the cliffs rise up on either side of you. You can feel that buzz, you know, like it's electric. There's so much history there. There's so much love. There's been so much passion for life that's been like fostered in that place and passed down from generation to generation over such a long time. And you can feel it. You don't, you don't need to know any of the history. You can feel it as soon as you walk into the place. And so Badger sort of just takes me aside and we sort of walk ahead. And he's sort of showing me like, you know, this, you can eat this lemongrass and there's these little native bulbs you can eat. And as the walls are sort of rising up around us. He's explaining in great detail the meaning of all these paintings on the wall and, you know, telling me about the painting that he does and mainly carving, actually, but he's been, he's been experimenting and using his carving skills to, you know, you can carve into leather, you know, put the paint on the leather and put it on the paper and you can make a painting out of carving. It's great. And then we get to the end of the gorge and there's this beautiful big waterhole, which is the point of every... Gorge walk, isn't it? Like, that's the adventure. You know, that's like every hardship in life. Like, you go through it because of the waterhole at the end. That's like at the heart of every journey is a waterhole. And so I have a quick dip, and then that just sort of pulls me inside, and he's sort of standing on the bank. He's like, come here. And I went and stand on the bank, and there's this big round high cliffs, like a cathedral sort of vibe. And you stand on one side, on the right-hand side, and look directly across. And he's like, see that crack? See that big crack in the wall there? 
And then you can see there's this crack. It looks like it's about five or ten centimetres wide that goes all the way from the top of the cliff to all the way to the bottom into the water. And he's like, come with me. And we get in the water and we swim across to the other side of the, the water hole. And it's just a, an optical illusion. And when you get close enough to it, you realise that that crack isn't five or ten centimetres wide. It's, it's a metre, a metre and a half wide. And it goes on and on for ages and you can swim down. And he's like, let's, let's go. And I'm like, okay, I'm a bit scared, you know, I don't know why. But he's like, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, just wait. He's like, go, go back on the sand, go up there and get me two, two sticks, two big sticks with forks on the end, two big V sticks. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, just go get them, go get them, go get them. And I come back with my two big V sticks and he goes, you know what they're for? I'm like, I don't know what they're for. Big snakes. They come along the top and they fall down the bottom into the water. And so if you see that big snake coming, you just get that big fee stick, you just lift him up, put him over, and you just keep going. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, dude, that's heavy. Like, and he's like, nah, you'll be right. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Remember, I'm 13. And so we swim up the gorge and, you know, it's like this big crack. It's this giant fracture, which it's the same story up here as Bolong up here. It's that big snake that made that big crack and carved out all these waterways. And it's always stuck with me. And I, I don't know why. I feel sort of guilty about it or something. It's a strange feeling because, you know, I grew up in the Blue Mountains, which is this gorgeous World Heritage listed national park. I, I mean, I had so many amazing adventures in the bush as a kid. For some reason, this story, this place and this this relationship, as small as it was on this day with this man, was the first and most brilliant memory I have of becoming connected to the land, you know? I was arriving tonight and someone told me on the way in, you know, there's a, there's a protest on out the front tonight about that fracking, yeah? But I got in here and I was thinking about my story about Badger and about that big fracture that snake made. I couldn't help wondering to myself, what's at the end of these fractures these people want to make? What's at the bottom of those cracks?